We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'm Chase Parm. Neil McCready here with me from the uh, Clark Ford Studio. As we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, landscape of the sports world. We've got some college football stuff going on. There's ACC meetings. Got uh, an interesting story on a uh, former NFL quarterback. And then a little Ole Miss news as well. As a transfer portal pickup is eligible or at least admitted for uh, Ole Miss moving forward. So all those things and more on the show. A show brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford, you know about the ribs, you know about the lunch specials, and the donuts, Brookhaven and Clinton locations where you can get the homemade donuts every single morning. If you're in one of those two places, take advantage of that. A lot of <coughs> sorry, different options, different varieties available there for the donuts with Blue Sky. Again, the lunch specials change every day, 569, two sides, bread, and any size fountain drink for you up and down I-55 and throughout North Mississippi as well. Coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio, 662-257-1900, Highway 25 South there in Amory, Mississippi. Corey wants to be your car guy, wants to be your truck guy. He will take care of you. So give him a call. No matter where you are in the car buying process, he can help you. He can get you moving on your way for that deal and maybe make you the best deal as well. So that's Clark Ford in Amory, 662-257-1900. We've got guests lined up throughout the week coming your way. On the My Perfect Franchise hotline, if you're uh, looking to get into franchises, if you're looking for more information, our friend Andy Ludicky can help you with that. Give Andy a call, My Perfect Franchise, there to get on with uh, any kind of information or news from a uh, franchise standpoint. So that's My Perfect Franchise there for the hotline. So it is Tuesday. Neil, you're hours away from an NBA lottery. Getting to get some ping pong balls tonight. Got all sorts of stuff. Got a lot of uh, interest from a lot of teams. You, we, we know the deodorant trick. We know all the swipes and things for the Cubs and starting pitcher numbers. Your son appears to have taken after you a little bit with being very uh, aware and uh, into what is going on in different sports situations. What's, uh, what, what's the trick this morning? Certain jerseys, certain underwear. What are we doing hoping that, like, 1.7% hits for the Thunder tonight. 
Yeah, it's 1.8% actually. Um, Sorry, I, I took a ball away from you then. 1.7. Um, 8% chance of a top four pick. Um, so Carson and I were having this conversation yesterday because last year um, he had Tupelo Football Club tryouts on the night of the draft lottery. And I was watching out there. I was his conduit because he had to actually play soccer and he kept looking over at me for answers and i was watching and um the thunder who were had everything gone by chalk i think the thunder would have had the sixth pick they ended up with the second pick and so he asked me yesterday he goes what did because tonight he has tryouts in tupelo and i'm taking him and so we'll be in the same area and he goes do you remember what we talked about what we wore anything <laughs> and i'm like i don't i don't um i wish i did uh, did I have spaghetti? Did I have pork chops? Like, what are we, what are, what are, what are we doing here? Well, I know enough about it because he's just like me. He doesn't like to to eat before he practices. So neither one of us had eaten anything. Um, okay. I was out walking. So I guess I will go walk in Tupelo again as I as I watch on the app. Um, I did a tankathon spin this morning, and uh, first one and. OKC has the second pick again, which would be... You would take that right now. I would take it. There would be a part of me that was like, oh my God, can we get that close to this generation? Oh, stop. No, 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 no. But no, I would take two. I would take two, and then we would have a two-month debate over about four four dudes. Um, it, look, it, it's, a, it's a huge night if, you, uh, if you're an NBA team because one team tonight is going to have its future profoundly changed i mean unless every nba scout literally everyone is wrong this is the most impact potentially impactful player to enter the league since lebron james i look i'm all for it i actually think the the draft system for the nba works i, I it makes sense to me i get that how it at least in theory tanking entertainment all that kind of stuff but I am kind of laughing at the thought of you have so many executives, so many people, so many people that are completely tied into their futures in every way that are waiting to watch a ping pong ball get pulled out of a machine in a few hours. Yes. I mean, it, yes. it's really stupid when you look at it like that. It is. It's it's a funny conversation because and I, I, I think about it a lot because I watch the league and, and I'm invested in the league. I like there's one team I cheer for, but there's multiple teams that I follow. I, I probably missed my calling. I, I would have enjoyed covering the NBA. Um, the This season, had you just been, hey, the worst team gets the first pick, the race to tank would have been so profoundly absurd that I think it would have screwed the integrity of the league. As, it's, as it was, you had teams... I mean, Detroit went 17 and 65. Okay. I mean, they were, they were bad. Cade Cunningham got hurt and they were awful. But 17 and 65, for those who don't follow the NBA and who maybe follow Major League Baseball instead, in the NBA, you're going to win 20 and you're going to lose 20 just sort of by default. You're going to win 20 just by showing up. You're going to lose 20 based on schedules and injuries and whatever. And it's the other 42 games that shape 
where you go, if you will. In baseball, you know, you're going to win 50, you're going to lose 50, and it's the other 112 games that determine, not 112, it's 62 games that determine what you are. Um, You know, Houston went 22 and 60, sort of my case. They were just abysmal. Their coaching was bad. San Antonio tanked. They went 22 and 60. And those three teams. Because your point is, if the tanking had gotten absurd, even if there was some sort of sanction, it would have been worth it because of Wimbignana's status. Yeah, I mean, if you're, okay. if, yeah, 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 Houston wouldn't have tried to win twenty two games. They would have, they would have said twenty two is way too many. Let's 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 go ten and seventy two. They're and, one of uh, three teams with a fourteen percent chance tonight. Pistons fourteen percent, yep. Rockets fourteen percent, Spurs fourteen percent. Yep. Hornets twelve and a half, Blazers ten and a half, Magic nine, Pacers six point eight, uh, Wizards six point seven. I did not recognize that logo at first glance. Jazz four point five, uh, Mavericks three, Bulls one point eight, OKC one point seven, Raptors one, and then Pelicans who got the lucky draw a few years ago zero point five percent for New Orleans. So yeah, that would be that would be the upset of all time. The, the, from a fix standpoint, and this will be always people go, it's fixed, it's fixed, it's fixed. If you're fixing it tonight, I mean, you could put him in Chicago. That would make uh, a lot of sense. You could you could put him in you could put him in Dallas with you with could. uh with Luca and make it awfully interesting. That would but be here's, interesting. Here's the great part about the NBA. There's really nowhere this guy goes. The Athletic did a great piece yesterday about how he would impact each of the 14 teams who technically have a chance. I mean, you could put him in New Orleans and, and instantly have this massive story. I would argue you could put him in Washington and he would be an interesting story. You could put him in Oklahoma City and all of a sudden the Thunder would become... The Thunder would go from being an afterthought last year to one of the top five profile teams in the league. Can you imagine mm-hmm. how the, the media circus if Chet Holmgren and Victor Wimbanyama make their debut on the same night? Yeah. Um, in the same uniform, in the same front court with an all-NBA guard? Uh, it, it would be it'd be wild, but but Wimbanyama is going to be a guy that people really watch, and he's, for those who don't know, he's from France. He's seven foot four. He's got, he's got the handle of a small forward. He can shoot it. He can score at every level. He's got an eight foot two inch wingspan. <laughs> Appears to be a smart player. Um, he can really do anything. He's a unicorn. Um, now he's had a history of small injuries, where the people around him have smartly protected him, and um, you know basically said, "Hey, look, if he's not if he's not completely healthy, he doesn't need to play." But he went and played in the France, in the French professional league. I can't remember the name of it. And now look, it's not the NBA, clearly. It's not even a couple of the other European leagues, but it's a pretty decent league playing against older guys. And he absolutely dominated it. Just dominated it. And the odds of him being a superstar in the NBA are high. And the odds of him being a LeBron James. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Hakeem Olajuwon type impact player, pretty damn high. I mean, he's mm-hmm. there's not one team in the draft that if they win the lottery tonight will even think about another prospect. Now, if you have the second pick, 
there's four or five guys that you think about. Um, you probably take Scoot Henderson, but you would think about Cam Whitmore from Villanova. You would think about Brandon Miller from Alabama. You would think about Amin Thompson, Alsar Thompson. Um, those are probably the five guys that you would, the four guys you would think about it at number two. Then there's a couple of guys. Um, Anthony Black from Arkansas comes to mind that that you would think about four or five if you were depending on who you were. And then there's sort of a group of guys from about six to 13 that are all sort of the same. And then, of course, it drops off. Here's what's interesting is that next season, it's believed to be a really weak draft. Okay. So, um, you know, you, you could see a lot of activity on this draft night from teams trading up, teams trading out. Um, and then you have a handful of teams that, that have multiple picks in next year's draft who could consolidate those picks and, and, and try to move up or whatever. So it'll, there, there will be, there'll be a lot of, there'll be a lot of storylines involving this draft. It's a, it's a good night for the NBA. Cause you've got, you've got this, this draft lottery that everybody is fascinated by and followed by a, a, a Western conference finals game one that if you like the league, it's kind of must watch television. What time is the draft? And then what is the, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, how does the order work? Do they go last of like 14 to one or what? Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll, so they'll start at seven. They'll do 15 minutes of just agonizing interviews and talking. And then they'll finally start. And once they start, I mean, there's not a whole lot there. You just, it's already done. It's going to be done two hours earlier. The, the execs who are there will go into a room. They'll do it where everyone gets to see it for their own satisfaction. And then those people are locked away two hours waiting on so, it to flash on the screen there will yeah. be a group of 20 people who two hours before this happens will know precisely who has victor Wimbanyama, and then none of those people will be in the room they'll right. have another every team has a representative that will be in the room that just sits there as their quote lucky charm with the thunder are sending the same guy that they sent last year nick collison but i mean if you believe that has an impact god bless you um They'll, if they get know, women yada, by God, Collison's going the rest of the, his years, though. I mean, yeah, come on. Kyle, yeah, <laughs> Collison is officially a rabbit's foot. Um, yeah, so they'll draw it, and, and it goes pretty quick, and then they'll interview the the winning team who will do the song and dance, but, oh, we're going to evaluate everybody, which is a total lie. And, uh, and then they'll transition to – they'll transition to a game that is between the last great generational talent and a guy who was drafted in the second round who mm -hmm. uh, turned out to be a generational talent, which is sort of proof that it's not, it, it, it's not necessarily science here. Yeah. The, uh, the one thing that uh, happened over the last 24 hours from an Ole Miss standpoint, it looks like Deshaun Gaddy is uh, at Ole Miss, had a lot of eligibility issues when he signed out of the portal from North Texas, the defensive back. He, um, I guess technically has two years of eligibility remaining, even though he has been in college since 2019 because COVID year, red shirts, all that kind of thing. Um, but he is enrolled. He is admitted. It appears that he is uh, his eligible moving forward for the Rebels. So they get the 6'1", 188 pounder there again from North Texas, originally from Indianapolis. He played uh, only uh, sparingly in 2019. So I'm assuming he would be eligible for a red shirt for that season. Then uh, he had 62 tackles last year for the Mean Green. Um, fumble force, fumble recovered. 
and uh, finished, I guess, top 10 or so in passes defended inside uh, inside that conference there for North Texas. So one bit of news there to Sean Gaddy. Appearing to be eligible for uh, for the Rebels moving forward in the fall. They still need a good bit of defensive help or all they can find. So probably a good day over there for them. Yeah, he, he definitely helps in the secondary. I'm watching defensive line because yeah, I'll I be honest with you. I, I, I don't know that if the season began today, and it does not, but if the season began today, I would be concerned that they're, they're not deep enough there. Um, this is We've covered this league, both of us, a long time. And if you're just honest with yourself about – about this league, you know that if you get pretty beat up on the defensive front and you don't have reinforcements, things get really hard. And um, I'm, I'm, if I were an Ole Miss fan, I would be concerned about lack of depth up front. They're watching, um, they're pursuing Isaac Uku, who's from uh, James Madison. He's a, a transfer portal guy. I reported last night after hearing it from a couple of different people that it's Ole Miss and Missouri are his finalists. I have no idea what his timetable is. Um, I would think whether he wants to be in Columbia or Oxford, he wants to be there by the end of this month. So today's the 16th. So got a couple of weeks if he wants them to figure it out, I would think so. Um, But we're watching him and I'm sure there are a couple of others and it's, it's, I don't know about you. We we did this with Tyler yesterday. We did these the the DraftKings over unders and the over under on Ole Miss is seven and a half. And I was like, man, I I don't know. Like, I think if you put a gun to my head and said pick it, I think I'd go under. If you put up if you put it at six and a half and you put a gun to my head, I think I'd beg for mercy. Probably go over. I, I think I'm picking seven and five at this point. But I mean, I when people say, well, what are your concerns for this team? It's it's not the secondary. Well, they have a bunch of good players back there. It's it's linebacker depth. It's defensive line depth. It's as of this moment, I don't I'm not aware of a decision from Keon Coleman. It's it's impact wide receivers. It's uh it's running back depth. And that could be erased. The moment Kedrick Riscano shows up on campus, he might show up and be like, okay, well, they're, they're good there. Um, but it's that. it's it's There's just some depth deals. And then what, what I don't know, and, and I'm not even directing this as a question to you. I'm just sort of talking out loud. Maybe you can fill me in. But, you know, the teams on their schedule that I think are sort of toss-up games, Texas A&M, Auburn, Arkansas, Mississippi State, I don't know what their depth looks like. I'm sure that if I were covering one of those teams, I would be saying the same thing. You know, if I were an Auburn fan, these are my concerns, and I, I would suspect depth would be an issue in a bunch of those. But it's just kind of hard to look at it and with that defensive front the way it is today where they just lost a really underrated player in Tavius Robinson who was – very impactful at getting to the quarterback. And I'm not sure that they've replaced him with anybody who's as impactful at getting to the quarterback, certainly not as proven. I wonder about that. And then, you know, Taiwan Malone's gone. That's a depth piece. I know he didn't play much. There was still a lot of hope for him. He ends up at Ohio State. Um, I just have, I have some questions about their their front. But Josh Harris looked awfully good in the spring. Cedric Johnson didn't participate in the spring, and I think we know how good he can be. Um, there's a, a lot of high hopes for J.J. Pegues. It's it's not the front line, guys. It's 
it's that second group and you have to play you have to play two defensive lines in in these SEC games or else you're in trouble at the end yeah you know what's funny about that is we do the thought exercise and we'll do them a thousand more times on over-unders and DraftKings and Vegas and all that but if you're actually putting money down today you have to either think that Vegas is a complete idiot on a team and they're off by several games, or you have to think that a team has a quarterback problem that can't be solved and they simply are not going to be good enough to win games with their quarterback situation. Otherwise, if I'm betting on Ole Miss, I'm not putting any money down right now because I don't know what the roster is going to look like still. I mean, again, we're having these conversations, like you said, it's not just Ole Miss's roster. It's State's roster, Arkansas's roster, Auburn's roster. Who do they bring in? Who do they get? What does that look like by the time August gets here? Frankly, early money is dumb money on these odds because you're allowing the ability for one transfer in and out at a key position to completely change the complexion of a team to where that's where Ole Miss is. I mean, yeah, they they know that no matter what, they're probably going to have a pretty damn good quarterback. But defensively, some work to do. I mean, you know, you talk about defensive line, you're exactly right. Talk about linebacker and what, you know, when the answer is, hey, Perkins just has to come in and be good. Okay, but we'll see. True freshman yeah. playing at Raleigh last year. I have no doubt, zero, that Sunshine Perkins yeah. is going to be a great player at Ole Miss. Yeah, zero, sure. no, 100%. zero doubt. Now, is he going to be a great player in late September of this year? Well, not, now, that's asking a lot. Not yeah. saying it I need happen. Perkins to come in. I need him to be a very high percentage of what Harold Perkins gave LSU. Well, hell, okay, that's a, that's a bar now. So, I mean, I'm, I, the following is not meant as a criticism of Raleigh High School or any of the teams that Raleigh High School plays. Sure, of course. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that schematically, it's a little more complicated getting ready for LSU and Alabama than it is getting ready for Morton. Who do they play? I don't even know who Raleigh plays. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Whatever. I mean, you know, I'm going to guess there's a little bit more to it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess that the talent that you face the speed of the game that you face when you play LSU and Alabama is a little more complicated than, than, and a little more complex and a little more difficult to, to acclimate to than it is when you're the very best player on the field going against whoever it is you play in class 4A or whatever it is that that, that Raleigh is in. I, mean, yeah, I think Raleigh's 3 or 4A. I don't know which one. Yeah, just that area. I mean, that's my – Yeah, you, you get my point. I would say the same would be true if he, if he played at Tupelo. I mean – Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just there's a jump. And so do I think he's going to be great? Yeah, I'd, I'd bet a lot of money on him being great. Could he possibly be great the moment he shows up? Sure, it sure. happens. It's rare. It's rare. I mean, the better money would be, you know, about week seven, it starts to really click. And he's pretty damn good by the end. And his second year, he's a damn beast. That's That's your smarter bet. You know, people will point at Harold Perkins at, at LSU and go, look at him. And yeah, and you know when it was? He clicked for him about the Ole Miss game. About about middle of October. It's when he well, I mean, you really know, just became a, such an impactful guy. Thinking of Ole Miss, just athletic guys that come through. I mean, you know, one that had a lot of recruiting buzz around him, Tony Connor. He played from day one. He started from day one, but it did take a little while to be, oh, my God, that dude is a freak. I mean, he was damn good immediately, whatever, and he could fill a role, but it wasn't leading the team immediately when they were in, I guess, Vanderbilt. That was his first game would have been that Jeff Scott run late to beat the Commodores in Nashville that night uh, in 2013. But, you know, it's a – I guess my point is if you would give – if you would offer Ole Miss 
Tony Connor's path for Perkins from an making an impact standpoint, you would take that all day long, but that doesn't mean day one when they play Mercer on, on that September, the whatever it is second. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and here's the other interesting part with Ole Miss since they were talking about their, their team. If you talk to people around college football, they'll all tell you this, that the one thing about the portal, when you go portal heavy and, and at one point Ole Miss was an outlier, that's no longer the case. Portal heavy teams, chemistry is difficult. It's it's work in progress. Guys don't know each other. They didn't come up together. They didn't sign together. They didn't go through that deal where they're the ones in the back of the team meeting room because they're the freshmen. You know they mm-hmm. they didn't they, they don't they don't have that bond as much. Um, last season, Ole Miss's schedule was set up for success early, and they built a lot of momentum. And winning overcomes chemistry stuff. It just shoots it. What this year the schedule's not as friendly. The schedule in the front half includes at Alabama, LSU at home, um, Arkansas at home, a, a a better Georgia Tech team. Don't get me wrong, they're gonna beat Georgia Tech, but you get my point. Uh, at Tulane. I think Ole Miss is gonna beat Tulane, but I don't think it's just this I don't think it's just some walk in the park down there. I think Tulane's gonna going to be a, a talented team that will be super geeked up to have an SEC opponent playing them in their stadium, not in the dome, in their stadium. I think that's 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 going to be something that that uh, Ole Miss has to overcome. So my point is, is that you you don't the odds of Ole Miss starting the season seven and zero are not good at all. And so, what happens when you have a loss or two or three? What's the chemistry like? Can you overcome that? Can you? It, does that result in infighting? Does that result in guys going? You got how much did you get? Mm-hmm. It, it, you got how much? Because I don't. I, I'm not making that much, and I, I'm I'm playing more than you. Or I'm all of that stuff that absolutely happens in every locker room in America as it pertains to the transfer portal. How does that you know? How does that impact a team that maybe has a couple of L's fairly early in the year? Not. I, I mean, if you're going by chalk, Ole Miss is four and two at the turn. Um, not not six and zero. Oh. I mean, Alabama and LSU, the two you're alluding to there. Yeah, you know, and then a couple of those other lines. I I, I don't know if, if you put betting lines today on Ole Miss at at Tulane, it's probably Ole Miss minus eight and a half. If you did the Ole Miss Georgia Tech line, feel free to tell me I'm an idiot. It's probably Ole Miss minus like eleven, maybe a little more than that. Yeah, I mean whatever. And then if you did the Ole Miss hosting Arkansas line, it's probably Ole Miss minus like six and a half. You know, it's not massive numbers. No, four and a half to six would have been my guess. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere in there. So, you know, I mean, those those are all games that I think Ole Miss will win. But, I mean, if you said, hey, put your put it in ink, put it in blood, I mean, I'm not ready to do that. I mean, the, the, the truth is, you know, the – the, the the two lane game, I think Ole Miss wins it, but I think it's interesting. I think Ole Miss beats Georgia Tech, but I I, I believe they're going to be better. And then you know Ole Miss is one two point conversion play away from having lost to Arkansas three years in a row. You can't just look at that and go, oh, that's a W. It's based on what? Mm-hmm. So if if you were to hit the turn at three and three, for example, would there be chemistry issues that impacted your? Uh, 
your ability to to get some second half momentum to to play well in November? I, I don't know the answer to that. So that's, but a lot of those answers could you you could bolster a lot of those answers, your confidence in those answers if you were deeper up front on the defensive line. Yeah, because I mean it takes a, it takes out how many guys you need where you need to. I mean as we kind of transition away from Ole Miss. I mean, that's one of the things, the only really baseball comment I'll have all day today because there's nothing else that's happened is, you know, it's one of the ways that Ole Miss has to change its mindset on portal because last year they went into it going, no, we're just fixing a couple needs and really being selective and don't want to mess up the chemistry. You don't want to mess up the culture and all this kind of stuff. And now you look around and you go, no, 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 you need six, eight dudes. you got to just hope that culture works out. I mean, Mike talked about it in an answer to me even the other day that I didn't necessarily ask the question in that way. So it's on their minds, but at some point you just got to compile the talent and hope it works out because it sure as hell isn't going to work out if you don't compile the talent. So, so oh, yeah. I mean, do the best you can. Don't get me wrong. Don't bring in a bunch yeah. of criminals. But at the same time, I mean, if it's, hey, that kid's really nice, but I'm not sure he can pitch or that kid can pitch, but I don't know. Well, the that's an easy decision. Oh, for sure. You or tackle or hit or whatever. I mean, yeah. Take it across bring in as much Bring in as much talent as you can. And mm-hmm. Let it sort itself out. I mean, it's look, it's the thing we talked about on the message board. I've said this podcast too. You don't Tennessee had too much of it. You can also have too little. You need a little asshole. You need a couple guys that have some edge to them that 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 are that are real there. You can you can have the team that is too nice in any sport. Oh, sure. Hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and, and talent usually trumps everything. It's yeah. It's why, it's why Georgia's won the last two championships. Yeah, um, I mean, they, 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 they've been the most talented roster. The, and yeah. the NFL draft proves that because oh, the NFL doesn't care where you play, right? They don't care if you played at yeah, Georgia sure. or Slippery Rock. If they think you can come in and help the Lions win a game, by God, they're going to draft you. And and Georgia's had a, a just absolute flood of guys into the into the league, and you know they went. The little engine that could. They landed the top prospect in the 2024 class yesterday. Got his commitment. So, I mean, quarterback. You know, that's just. But yeah, it's it's. You're you're recruiting. You recruit out of the portal, going, hey, let's get talent in here, and you get as much in there, and you bring it in, and and then. Where football's different is that's there's a lot of people in that locker room, you know. I mean, there's there's a lot of dudes that. That feel like, hey, this was my turn, and and football is going to have at least twenty five people unhappy at all times. Yes. Take a break in the podcast. Tell you about Prime Shrimp. PrimeShrimp.com. Seven different flavors available to be shipped right to your door. Fewer than ten minutes. Freezer to plate with Prime Shrimp. Let them take care of dinner tonight. Everything from the New Orleans style barbecue. To the signature, it's two great uh, flavors that are very versatile. I use them on a ton of things, including lunch. Cut them up, throw them on a salad. They even make a great snack by themselves. Because again, fewer than ten minutes, you get dinner, you get lunch, you get a snack with Prime Shrimp. They're also available in all Rouse's markets throughout Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama. If there's a Rouse's, you can get Prime Shrimp. The lemon crack pepper flavor is great, or you make full meals. In a bag, the French Quarter Alfredo, the garlic herb butter, so many options there with Prime Shrimp. That's primeshrimp.com. Use hash, use uh, sorry, code RG, code RG, buy five pouches or more, 25% off. 25% off with primeshrimp.com and code RG. Podcast also brought to you by GNM Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area and they offer MedSync to fill your prescriptions the same day each month. 
and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery. You have everything you need when you need it with G&M. You can also transfer your medications easily. To do that, you give them a call. One call, they take care of the rest. So whether that's Holly Springs and Tyson Drugs or G&M in Oxford, that's 662-236-2222. Podcast brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. If you're ready for the Grove, join them at Vaught Hemingway Stadium this fall for the 2023 football season. Order tickets now to participate in the seat selection process. To explore seating options, visit OleMissTix.com or call them at 662-915-7159 to help lock the vault today. 662-915-7159. Podcast brought to you by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's NESpark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, portal controls, network security, a wireless mesh extender, and much more. So call the office for details and get the best internet in Lafayette County. Again, that is 662-238-3159. Nine. And then last but definitely not least, spring is here and it's time to refresh your outdoor spaces. Heavenly Sunshine Property Services is your go-to for professional power washing. From your home's exterior and sidewalks to your deck and patio, the team has experience equipment equipment to get the job done right with the advanced power washing techniques and attention to detail. They can remove dirt, grime, and mildew to reveal a fresh and clean surface. Heavenly Sunshine Property Services has been serving the Mid-South for over four decades. Their full-service commercial and residential property maintenance includes power washing, soft wash roof applications, facade cleaning, and window cleaning. So contact Heavenly Sunshine Property today and get a brighter, cleaner outdoor living space. Visit the website at heavenlysunshine.com or give Sandy a call at 662-342-1203. 662-342-1203 to book your free estimate today. Use code MPW10 for a 10% discount. Just playing time, whatever. And if you're winning, that stuff kind of gets overshadowed. If you're not winning, that mm-hmm. stuff gets loud. Kids start yeah. talking. And yeah, you know, guys, you here's the other thing with portal guys is you bring in portal guys and you, you make promises. And if you don't live up to those promises, those portal guys are not invested in your program. They came for a very specific reason. And if that reason sort of goes by the wayside, sometimes those people are not particularly happy. Yeah, I uh, I don't have the source, but just looking at Twitter, my guess is that uh, Ole Miss baseball was starting to make some of those difficult decisions we talked about yesterday. Look like a couple high school kids uh, reopening recruitments and things as they are uh, trying to figure out who can help immediately there with that roster. Um, so that's what it what it appeared to be. I have not talked to anyone this morning. A decision but, that I'm guessing two years ago would not have been made. No, 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 no. You would hope for whatever and at least give a year and go from there. And that's just not possible anymore. It's not where they are um, at this point. Um, what has become a normal thing for me always, but especially as we're looking for topics, as Ole Miss is not playing another game that really matters until they play Mercer in the in the spring. Uh, in, in in any sport, is reading around trying to find stuff that sparks thoughts. Did you see um, the story that Seth Wickersham wrote on Matt Ryan? Um, I just saw where he, okay. he, he, he Fox hired him. Uh, CBS, I think. Um, it's going to be an analyst. Yeah. But Wickersham, who I, I really like, I only know Seth through people. I don't know him personally, but he does a really good job of writing without kind of being that incendiary person that feels like he's got to yell at somebody to get somebody to listen to him. 
he he does a great job of getting inside players and in franchises. He's the one that just wrote the book on Belichick and the Patriots and their dynasty. And he wrote a story that really, and I, I guess I'm going here because it's something we've talked about and it kind of is a little bit of confirmation bias for us, is Matt Ryan being the epitome of the very, 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 very good quarterback over the course of his career. And it's discussing how he was probably in the top 98% but it takes the top 99% to be elite. And that's a word that Matt, frankly, put on himself and really struggled with not being and trying to get there over the course of his career. And the play that they pointed out, and it's it's, it's pretty fascinating because, I mean, I love messing with Falcons fans because I'm a Saints fan about their Super Bowl loss to the Patriots when they were up 28-3. But there's one particular play that sort of ignited that, and it's when Dante Hightower came off the edge, he hits Ryan, causes a turnover, and the Patriots sort of use that as a catalyst to, 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 to do the comeback. And when everybody watches the film, Ryan had a guy that was open down the field. He sees him, he recognizes it, and he gives just the slightest hitch. He just took a half second, he didn't trust it, and in that half second, Hightower hits him, and, 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 and there it goes moving forward even to the point that after the game, Belichick said, hey, that should have been a really bad play, talking about for the Patriots, that the Falcons had an open guy and that would have probably put it away. And the margin being that small, where this is not necessarily fair, but the story was built around, you know, the greats make that throw in that new sense. They don't take the hitch. They don't take the second. And it probably was the difference, because if he wins that Super Bowl, you look at his overall success, overall stats, that one hitch is probably the difference between being a Hall of Famer or not for Matt Ryan. Oh, wow. That's, I think he's in the Hall of Fame if he completes that throw. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <sighs> Wow. I'm 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 can't wait to go read the story now. Um Yeah, because he would have he would have had one of those rare Super Bowls. Like we started with NBA, yeah. it would have been a Dirk Nowitzki uh NBA title, a Giannis Antetokounmpo NBA title. He was title. the regular for forever Matt Ryan had like all the issues we talk about. You know, Andy Dalton had all these in Cincinnati. He could win in the regular season, he couldn't win in the postseason. All these different things. Matt Ryan was the MVP in the regular season that year, and I don't know the exact stat, but I think he went into the Super Bowl in the playoffs, 10 touchdowns, no picks. So if you complete that game and you get your ring, I think he has the defining season that pushes him over the top. 
And if he completes that pass, it's maybe a blowout Super Bowl because they, I mean, they were they were ready to blow the Patriots yeah. out. Yeah, I don't know where in the comeback that was, but they at least yeah. were up a couple scores. So it's fascinating. It's just you, you can it, – it's, it's, it's dovetailing back to what we always talk about in this draft that just happened. Jeffrey and I had a mailbag question, I guess, on Thursday of what – quarterback is potentially going to tank his franchise by not being what, you know, where he was drafted or whatever. But it's that hall of very good. It's the very, very good that just puts you in such a purgatory where you can't quite get over the hump, but you can convince yourself for so many years that it's just right there and it's doable. And we just need this guy to have this one defining moment, this one year. And Atlanta basically had that. And it still fell just this eyelash short with, with, with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's career stats. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know how hard it is to be a quarterback in the NFL? How hard um, it is to build a career in the NFL as a quarterback? Matt Ryan, career passing percentage, 65.6. Okay. He threw for 62,792 yards, 381 touchdowns, 183 picks. Okay. His career passer rating, 93.6. Really good. I mean, that's... That's elite. That's right there. Yeah. I mean, and I guess it was 2016 is the year he was the MVP. That that year, that year his he completed 69.9% of his passes, so 70%. He threw for just shy of 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, seven picks. Seven. His passer rating. 117.1 over an NFL season. <laughs> I mean, they ain't a bunch of cats doing that. And then two years later, in 2018, 69.4, he threw just over 4,900 yards, 35 touchdowns, seven picks, and a 108.1 rating. Yeah, no, if, if you put a Super Bowl championship in, on his resume... He would have been the MVP of that Super Bowl. Yeah, he's he's in the Hall of Fame. At the time yeah. of the play, I just pulled it up. It was 28 to 12 Falcons. So they're up 16 points. They have a third and one on their own 36. And there is eight minutes and 38 seconds left in the game. So even if it's just a first down and they don't They're going to run it down to almost five minutes. Yeah. And then up 16 and punt. The way that game worked out, they New England wouldn't have, wouldn't have won it. You're asking for two scores, two, two point conversions and yeah. doing it four and a half to five minutes. Yeah. I mean, I just watched the play again. He just sort of drifts a little. And when he does, it's just, it's just this little, I mean, it, it's microscopic. But it's the difference in those windows in the NFL where that microscopic is is enough, and that was it. So I I, I don't know. I mean, I think he's going to be good on TV. He's an incredibly smart guy. He never sort of captured the public from a personality standpoint, but he's very cerebral. Um, I I, I do. I, I think he's going to be quite good on 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 TV. And he was good enough, great enough to break down the game for people like us to understand it and appreciate it and he, but yet he wasn't so great that he'll be up there because sometimes i think i think aikman's gotten better about this 
Mm-hmm. But there were there were times when Aikman would come across as as hypercritical of other quarterbacks, and it's like, dude, you played on an elite team, you won a bunch of Super Bowls, everybody recruited you out of high school. You're you're the upper crust of the upper crust. Chill a minute. Yeah, yeah. It would be like every time Peyton gets on TV and goes, "Well, I mean, all you do is this," and it's like, okay, well, no one else on earth can do that, bud. But thanks. Yeah, great. In many ways, it's why on those Manning cast, Eli's probably more popular than Peyton. Yeah, because Eli's a little bit more like, yeah, you know. Not everybody's like you because Peyton's yeah. unique. I mean, you know, um, yeah, I, I think Matt Ryan would do really well. I mean, he was, he was a tremendous college quarterback at Boston College. Everybody, everybody seems to be universally liked in the game. Like you said, he's very cerebral. He'll, he'll probably be terrific. You wonder what you wonder about with a guy like him when he reads that story. Does that moment haunt him or does he accept it? As mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I was right there, but I wasn't there. I don't, yeah, I, don't I mean, it, and I mean, I've and I've watched him play a lot of football from again from being a Saints fan, and it's even from there is he absolutely could carry the Falcons to wins over the Saints, but I don't know that I ever went into a week going, oh my God, we have to play Matt Ryan today. It is going, to, oh oh God, 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 he's going to tear us apart. And frankly, probably not fair to him because you read those stats and you go, God, he was really good for a long time. I mean, but, I'm looking. I'm looking at his stats. Him. He had like a 10 year run where his numbers are really good. Mm-hmm. I wonder whether, in his heart of hearts, he would tell you, "Well, if the Falcons would have just given me a little bit more of this and a little bit more of this, we we do it." Yeah, like kind I of think an Alabama it, signing class angle to that. That was that first huge saving class had Julio, his number one target, and Dante Hightower in it. Um, oh yeah, there in that in, in that group. So, anyway, you followed much out of these uh, ACC meetings yesterday. I did not. I had a I had a weird day yesterday, so I, I missed a lot okay. of things. What what happened? So ACC meeting in Amelia Island this week, and I forget what they have called themselves, but they had a little catchy name. There's seven schools that are banding together to try to salvage, fix, abandon, depending on who you're talking to, whatever their goal is for the ACC. Oh. Those seven are Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Virginia, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, North Carolina State. The uh, the seven of those schools that are together so they need, in this. They need eight, right, to 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 break the grant of rights. Well, they're saying that it's almost an impossibility, no matter what. That that as I read through this, and Dellinger's got a decent story on it, but he's got a lot of Big Twelve stuff in his story, so it probably is not as detailed from this topic. Brandon Marcello, probably the person with the best story on this that I saw yesterday, um, talking about how the ACC did one hell of a job from a lawyer standpoint and that it's not simple because here's their situation is if they all break, where are they going? Because they have to also agree on what's next or because the easiest thing to do, even if let's just hypothetically say you can break the grant of rights just for the hell of it, even though it's really hard and I'll get to why in a second, but let's say you can. Well, the thing that makes the most logical sense for all seven as a collective is to try to start their own conference, pull in other schools, and do it themselves with whatever. Well, clearly you need private equity. You need a television partner. I mean, there's a lot of stuff involved with that that's way beyond just, hey, let's all get together and form a league over here. Um, because they're going to have a lot of different interests. All seven of those schools are not going to get get caught up by the SEC and the Big Ten. And if you're not in the SEC or the Big Ten, then what are you even doing to begin with? And why are you mixed in with Florida State and Clemson and whatnot? 
what is what is the most palatable for the ACC and all involved and when they get here is this thing that Florida State's been talking about for a while of some sort of unbalanced revenue sharing where you're getting more revenue if you're producing better results and more money, money for the conference. So that's the easiest way for everybody to find a way to shake hands and try to keep the ACC afloat and try to make that make sense. And it potentially keeps Clemson and Florida State happy at that point. And it might be Clemson and Florida State's best bet because, like I said, the way these contracts are written, at least per Dellinger and Marcelo, is that it's not even as simple as – I forget the number. Right? It was like $110, 120000000 million to break the grant of rights. But unlike Oklahoma and Texas, who just had to pay the one fee and then leave, there's residual stuff here. They're saying that if you fail on the bad side of the courts and you never know – you can end up paying up over uh, up to $500 million over the course of the years, the way the contract is written. And, I mean, nobody can pay that. That's not doable for any university in the country. You would be counting on, if you went that route of just going, nope, we're out. And this, again, would require a court to make a decision. So you're betting on that. Is that when seven schools leave in unison – the grant of rights literally doesn't exist anymore because the conference literally doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it's there's a lot there. Um, so we've talked about this a bunch of times. And there's 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 kind of two questions. It goes deeper than hey, those schools just want out because they want to make no more no money. no. But, yeah, out is not actually in the best interest of the collective. Because here's the thing. If you're the big, if you're Fox, and you're looking at your Big Ten contract, if you're ESPN slash Disney, whatever, looking at your SEC contract, you're paying. Let's let's come up with a number here. Um, is it going to be seventy five million dollars a team? I mean, sure, just for the heck of the conversation. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. let's let's use that number for the hell of it. Might be higher than that. Might be lower than that. But it's that that's probably the ballpark. Right now, the ACC teams get $36 million a year. The Big 12 teams get about 32 on their the way that the projection, projected deals are. Okay. Okay, so if you're Clemson, if you're Florida State, you look at that and go, that's not satisfactory. It's $40 million a year. Over 10 years is basically half a billion dollars by the time you do interest and all that stuff. It's not satisfied. We can't compete like that. We can't. We can't keep up. The flip side is that the Big Ten. I mean, Fox, and we'll call it ESPN for the sake of easiness. Fox and ESPN go okay. There's maybe one or two of those teams that are worth another seventy-five million dollar piece of pie, but there aren't five. We don't want five. We want that one, two, sure, okay. We can expand to eighteen. Fair enough. Make that work. We can, we can add if you're if you're the Big Ten. You, can, you know, obviously Notre Dame wants to come. You're like, sure. We'll 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 bake that pie right now. Cool. Here's your money. Um, if it's Oregon, Washington at a smaller rate, going, hey, we're going to get piece of light pie. Okay, fair enough. We'll do it. Sure. But those the big the Fox doesn't want to add six teams. At seventy five million per deal, that's another hundred fifty million dollars. Another half billion dollars a year. And then if you're the if, if you're 
ESPN, and you look at it, and you know, hey, you can get North Carolina, but to do it, you got to add Duke. Is Duke football worth anything resembling that much money? The answer is no. And and the way college basketball is now, I don't, I don't think they could look at it and go, well, they would make the basketball product better. Sure, it would. What's that worth? Not $75 million. Here's the thing, too. I, I, I just don't know. I don't know how it – and I'm, I'm on the record here. I don't think the ACC makes it to the finish line. But at, at some point – at some point, some of the schools in that league are going to have to make it uncomfortable on themselves like by saying, look, we don't have a way out right now, but we want out. And we're being public about it. We don't think this works. We feel trapped by this. We absolutely want out. And you have to become a villain for a while. And I don't know whether any of those schools have the stomach for that. Well, I mean, like, I mean, North Carolina State Athletic Director Boo Kerrigan's in that thing yesterday. It, it's in his best interest to figure out some revenue sharing that keeps everybody together because he's not getting what you know, swooped up by the SEC or the Big Ten. That doesn't do him any good. He ends up in a worse conference like the Big 12 or the Pac-12 or some shit. Or even on the, down. I mean... Yeah, and, and on the flip side, if you're Clemson, if you're North Carolina, if you're attractive schools, losing that $40 million a year is, simply, not okay. is simply unacceptable. Yeah. And we That's what I'm saying. I mean, the, we can go, hey, we're all in this together, but everyone walked in the room with a different final thing they need out of this, and it does not even up the same. And yeah. look, I, I, I'm, I'm not sitting around watching, you know, Bloomberg all day every day or whatever the channel would be, but I, I, I run across enough business stuff. All these, they better freaking hurry. Anybody looked at Disney's overall balance sheet? At some point, there isn't money. And no matter who the team is. At some point, if you're getting a contract signed, you better get the damn thing signed. I mean, yeah. Well, if the, I'm, the, I mean, the, the theme parks, the fee, the theme parks in this last quarter completely propped up Disney. They are losing a ton of money on streaming. So at some point, how does it even behoove them to give the money like this to these college football teams or conferences? If, I, if I'm in the room at Fox and we're talking about adding four Big Ten teams. At mm -hmm. seventy-five million per, I think I'm raising my hand when it comes my turn, and saying, "Hey, are we sure?" Just asking. I, I know this is sacrilege. Are we sure that the people who are fifteen to twenty-five today, who will be twenty-five to thirty-five in a few years, are we sure those people are going to stream? college football the way that their parents did because their parents watched it on cable their parents watched it on satellite their parents it was appointment viewing sure are we positive that today's young people who everything is on demand are we positive that as many of them are going to watch as their parents did and i'm not saying they won't chase but i would be asking that question i would be hey research people go dig young people consume media so differently and you're right. They're losing money on streaming right now. I, I would I would just be concerned about what happens when the advertisers get wind that there are fewer eyeballs. Do ad rates go down? Are they, you know, what happens to college football over the next 15 years? That's what I'm saying. We're, we're all operating under this assumption that the TV people just have unlimited money for whatever makes monetary sense for them. And it's not true.
true right now, I guess. Yeah, if it is true, it's you're just guessing. There's there's no you know, what does the playoff do to college football fandom? It might increase it. It might decrease it. I I I don't know what is it what does it do to the regular season? Does it cheapen the regular season? It maybe, I don't know. Like people always say this about college basketball, oh, it's just a postseason sport. It's true. I mean, in a lot of ways, from an interest standpoint, uh, people do it with the NBA. They go, oh, it's just a, the regular season doesn't matter. It's just a postseason sport. Well, that's great for the NBA playoffs. It's not great for the NBA in December and January. Mm-hmm. What, is, what does it mean at the Big Ten level when you're an Indiana fan and four games into the season, your team has no chance? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, and it, and I guess people would say, well, it's been that way all along. You either college college fans typically cheer for the the, the laundry, they cheer for the school, they 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 have a tie to it. They have to hope that's the case, that it's not. Hey, college fans cheer for kids who are at their school because they love their school the way that they love their school, and now it's it's hard to sell that, right? When you're talking about, hey, like, look at Ole Miss. We're talking about Deshaun Gaddy from North Texas. Why is Deshaun Gaddy at Ole Miss? Fit, opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's not, I grew up an Ole Miss fan. Who's going to be more popular on the field next year, Sunterine Perkins or Deshaun Gaddy? Yeah, Perkins, sure. why? He's a Mississippi kid. You know, I mean, if you get the Uqua kid, if he picks Ole Miss over Missouri from James Madison, it's not because he fell in love with Oxford. He might say those things in an interview. Oh, it felt like home, but that's that ain't it. He picked it because of opportunity, or because they offered more pay for play. What is what does that do? We've had this conversation a million times, but I still think it's cogent. What does that do to fandom over the course of seasons? Mm-hmm. The people start going. You know what? This isn't what I. I still like it, but I'm not as passionately into it as I used to be. I'm not going to follow it as closely unless my team's winning big. And so if you're, if you're Fox, if you're ESPN, I kind of want some of those answers. And to your point, that's why, and I think you're exactly right. And this is why I think ultimately it's going to happen. If I'm Clemson, if I'm North Carolina, if I'm Florida state, if I'm one of these schools that thinks they can get out and get in one of these leagues, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing things. I'm getting vocal. I'm telling people, I don't want to do this. We don't like this. We don't like this league. I'm I'm disengaging in a lot of ways because they got to pay me. Yeah, 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 sure. I want to. It's, it's, it's what spurred this alliance was they all independently had their lawyers and then everybody looked at the contracts and they kind of came together and went, "My God, what did we sign to start with? This is ironclad." So it now what? You, it shows you how fast the landscape changed. Because mm-hmm. at the time, everybody went, "Oh God, I want a long term deal. I want this. We're good." Bye, and then. Here we go. So, you know, I um, mean, I, I'm, I'm, and if, I, if if I'm vocal about it, at some point, right? I mean, it's if your spouse tells you enough times that he or she wants out, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. You'll fight for a while, but right? But at some point, you're like, okay, here, yeah. Spoiler alert: It's Ted Lasso, right? Yeah. Where he finally yeah. tells her, I, it's not, you know, I, I want you to be okay. happy. Right, whatever. Okay, sure. And I mean, at some point, if you're Clemson and you want out bad enough, you got to start saying it. And if you say it out loud enough times, at some point, people look at it and go, this isn't healthy. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing. I don't know. I, I mean, how hard are the other schools going to fight to go? No, no, we. And and if you're Wake Forest, you go, okay, hey, hey, I tell you what, we'll take ten million less a year. How the hell do you sell that to your stakeholders? And yet, still might be absolutely the best decision. Could easily be the best decision. It's the decision that that Washington and Oregon appear to have already made. Hey, mm -hmm. Big Ten, we will take less. Now, yeah, but just let us in. But here's the difference. Less in the Big Ten is still more than they'll get in the Pac-12. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah, so you late. sell it by going, guys, here are our two options. You want 62 or you want 41? Yeah, okay. if cool. you're Wake, nice. if you're Boston College, if you're those teams, it's like Syracuse. I mean, are you really going to go, hey, we, we could make 32, but we'll go down to 20. Mm -hmm. And, hey, well, 20 is more than we'd get if this league fell apart, which is probably true, but someone in that room goes, well, why are we doing this? Why are we volunteering this? Why are we making this easy on some of the All other them. teams? Yeah. yeah. Why are we doing this? Let's make it, let's make this awkward for them. Mm -hmm. And who knows where it goes after that? I, beats me. I mean, if I'm Syracuse and some Boston College and some of those teams, there's a part of me that outside of the money, which I realize is a huge statement, but outside of the money, there's a part of me that really longs for the old Big East days. Oh, I get it completely. No, 100%. I completely understand it. And if I'm a Boston uh, College fan, if I'm a Syracuse fan, I really miss those days. I'm kind of nostalgic about the good old days at this point. Yeah. A couple of uh, news and notes things as we uh, close. We'll hit some little more NHL tomorrow as I do find the semifinals pretty fascinating in those playoffs. But uh, last night, the Dallas Stars eliminated the Seattle Kraken to advance, so you're down to Carolina, Las Vegas, Dallas, and Florida. Either a Southern team or a team from the desert is going to win the NHL title this year. That uh, Carolina is the betting favorite favorite at plus 200, Vegas plus 225, Dallas plus 325, and Florida, who was an eight seed, remember, who knocked off the Bruins, they are plus 375. So pretty tight there from Vegas. They're not giving anybody great odds to, uh, to win this thing moving forward. A uh, bit of a bit big news here, speaking of streaming and TV stuff, um, this January, Peacock will exclusively stream an NFL wildcard playoff game. It'll be the first live stream post-game, postseason game ever. Obviously a big get for NBC. Um, subscriber grab, obviously. Uh, the Wall Street Journal reporting the network paid around $110 million for the game on a one-year deal. So $110 million for one game streaming. Good luck to everyone who is younger to make sure that their older people will know how to download and turn on Peacock. That is going to be one disaster that afternoon of that of that game. But oh here my we are. God, can you imagine? I mean, so many kids are going to get calls from whoever going. I don't know. Please help. I hit the button and it's not working. The internet's bad. Whatever it is. I mean, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. What do you make of that experiment? Is that them saying, "Hey, would this work if"? Um, it shows you that they at least, while the numbers weren't great, they thought Amazon pulled it off okay last year. So if they did that, we – and it's a playoff game. It's not, hey, I need everybody to go to this on Thursday. It's that it's freaking NFL football in playoffs. We will watch. It also here, here's one that matters too. It's not up against anything. So nobody's flipping. You're not going back and forth, which creates a worse user experience on this app to this app or how do you get this game on. You're just turning on the Bengals and the Chargers and watching the game. Hey, we're, that's gonna get, all. we're getting a bye. We're not going to the. Oh, not, sorry. Okay. Gotcha. Game. <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, and, and, and if it's the Bengals Chargers, the 70 year old Ohioan who's cheered for the Bengals all of his life, who is still 
mm-hmm. still using MetroCast or whatever. Gonna be a little traumatic. Yeah, yeah. Gonna gonna be a bit of a day for him. So we got a little while to figure it out. That'll be this uh, this January. And then uh, we'll leave here with Neil on a very positive note for, or maybe a terrible note for his fandom, what Shohei Otani did last night. Got the win on the mound. Went four for five from the plate. Just a double shy of the cycle. He got the triple. And I, I approve of that paragraph because you have to have a triple to mention the cycle. I yes. hate, hate, hate the, well, he was just a triple shy of the cycle. Well, okay, great. Awesome. I mean, what, what, what does that do for me? I mean that because it's really hard to get a triple in major leagues. Yeah. He cooked one hell of a meal had he just not burned the turkey. Well, okay, but Oh, Shohei. Had a day. He's he would have been the first starting pitcher to ever hit for the cycle. Um, he's fallen one hit short of it twice this year. A triple was the other one, so again, that doesn't count. Uh, he did reach base five times, becoming the first starting pitcher to do so since Mel Stottlemyre in 1964. Think about that. Yeah. Since 1964. We only year two of the DH thing or year three, whatever. I mean, there's still a lot of pitchers that had a lot of at-bats. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's a stupid, crazy stat, but it also is not overly surprising. I mean, Tom Glavin was a really good hitter. He wasn't ever hitting for the cycle in a game. No, Glavin was a really good hitter. Uh, Smoltz was a good hitter. Maddox was a good hitter. Uh, um, Grinky can hit. Grinky can really hit. He's probably yeah. a better hitter than any of those guys. Um, yeah. Was it Tom Candiotti was a good hitter? I'm trying to oh, remember. Really? There was a, some other pitchers that were pretty good hitters. Huh. Uh, and then. The best. And then very last thing, the internet can find anything to gripe about, and I love it about it from that standpoint because we find such dumb things. Um, Aaron Boone I and mean, Aaron Judge was not cheating last night glancing over at his dugout. Come on. He was not in that eighth of a second that he cut his eyes to his dugout before a pitch came. He was not picking up a sign from the dugout at all. No. He heard something and looked over and looked back is what he did, and then he hit a yes. home run. But, you know, whatever. Well, and if you're giving if you're giving away location and pitch that easily, where yeah, you deserve look, to be hit. He can look into his dugout and be told, "Hey, fastball away." Uh huh. That eighth of a second, process it and hit a ninety something mile an hour pitch, four hundred and fifty feet. You deserved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then last thing, if you just want another story to read that's done uh, that that was pretty interesting this morning, we might talk about it tomorrow as we're looking for topics. Um, Andy Staples on his alma mater on what went wrong at Florida, how it happened, and maybe how they get the Gators back. Uh, pretty long form there as he talked to Scott Strickland and some other people there at Florida about what has happened over the last decade or so as they uh, have really fallen off since 2009 when Tim Tebow left town. I was going to say it's about a decade and a half now. Yeah. You know, we were, Tyler and I were doing that SEC over unders and stuff with the SEC West last year, and there were a couple of games that. If you just do names, like, okay, well, you know, LSU, I mean, LSU, I mean, I think it was Arkansas at Florida in November was one that we talked about where it's like on, on, if you just do names, like, oh, that's a win for the Gators. And then if you take a step back, like, why is that an automatic win? Like if mm-hmm. Ole Miss played at Florida this year, would we be going, oh, that's an L? No. no. Go, oh, that's, that's a game you could win. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, they've, we've had this conversation before. I guess we'll have it again. I mean, 
Steve Spurrier won there. Steve Spurrier won everywhere. Urban Meyer. He won there. He won everywhere. And frankly, Dan Mullen won to his talent level as a coach. It wasn't a title, but it was very good. Kind of the way that and, he wants to be state. And then his issues surfaced and they fell apart. Okay. You got exactly what you get as Dan Mullen as your head coach. Yeah. I mean, they. it's not like LSU where, hey, Ed Orgeron won a national title there with maybe mm-hmm. the best team in history. Mm-hmm. I realize how it ended, but he gets the people, if you ask 100 coaches today, you can have the LSU job or the Florida job. Two guys, ask ask guys have no ties to either school. Which job? It's not you even want. a conversation, dude. It's a hundred to nothing. Go LSU. Yeah, a hundred yeah, to nothing. Yeah, I know. That's how. That's how far that program has fallen. I don't even put Florida. I'm not sure. I put Florida ahead of the South Carolina, Kentucky part of the SEC East. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. Just a, it's a job. Everybody's well. There's lots of players in Florida. Yeah, there's lots of people dipping into Florida to get those players. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Florida kids don't grow up Gator fans. They moved there, right? So, all right, we will uh, wrap it up there for today's show. Give you uh, stuff at rebelgrub.com if anything comes uh, up as the day moves on. Again, it's a little bit of slow season, barring, barring recruiting or transfer portal as activity will continue always. It's 365 in one way or the other from a portal standpoint. But uh, anyway, back with you here soon. Have a good day. Take care, and we will talk to you then.